our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Phase Zero, Episode 5. Welcome to ComicBook.com's Marvel Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Davis, and I am joined today by Jamie Girac. Hello. And welcome to the Phase Zero Podcast for the first time. ComicBook.com's WWE man, Connor Casey. What's going on, guys? Connor, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Connor, listen, we have a bit of a, a hazing tradition, I think you might even call it, where we have to get to know our co-hosts when they make their debut on the show. So I ask very personal questions to... Oh, uh, no. I'm going to put my microphone a little bit closer. I think it was a little far away. I ask very personal questions to uh, to our first-time guests. So, Connor, we're going to get to know you a little bit here first. Okay, far away. Okay, first question for you, only question for you really right now. Which of the original six Avengers from the MCU would you least like to take on a date? Least like to, okay. <laughs> um, I feel like Tony would be awful because he would just want to talk about himself. Um, Jeremy Renner would want to talk about flipping houses. That's all he does outside of acting. But I'll go with the Hulk because... Anything could set that guy off, Oof, and then yeah. you and you got to pay for like him wrecking the restaurant, and that's just a disaster. Yeah. Uh, like we we've seen how upset this guy gets when he tries to climb stairs. So <laughs> I don't want to ask him the wrong thing, and suddenly the tables flipped. I, that was honestly my answer, Hulk. For for uh, honestly, for a lot more reasons than that, but we can't talk about all of them. Uh, this is, there's, there's kids watching and listening. So listen, thank you everybody for joining us on Phase Zero Episode 5. Today we're going to talk about WandaVision Episode 6. We're going to talk about some of the big MCU news uh, this week. Tom Holland just keeps lying to everybody. I don't know why. Nobody <laughs> believes him. We're going to talk about all of that. But first we have to introduce this week's guest. We have a special guest. We love to bring you special guests. And I am very excited about today's guest. Weighing in at 199 pounds, according to his Wikipedia page, from Lakewood, Ohio, the only NXT superstar whose wardrobe would fit in perfectly at San Diego Comic-Con. But if he took his shirt off there, well, we would all look like melted ice cream. The current NXT North American champion, Mr. Takeover himself, Johnny Gargano. Hey. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Wikipedia, it's you know, it's you get very valuable information because anyone can write anything they want. So you know you're getting the, the, the right information. Always. I imagine that right now, if you stepped on a scale, it is 199 on the dot. I, I will say you I will say this though. I am born in Cleveland, Ohio, not Lakewood, Ohio. <laughs> I'm, I'm so Wikipedia, it. strike one. <laughs> so that's why you're a Browns fan, because you're yes. Like, yes. Yeah, well. I went to high school in Lakewood, Ohio, but not the same thing. Definitely a big Kind of a, a very yearly difference there between high school and being born. So uh, no, uh, but yeah, Cleveland, Ohio for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna write a strongly worded letter to whoever edited Wikipedia. Maybe uh, I'll just go on Wikipedia after this and I'll edit it myself. 
But honestly, I, but, I can be from wherever I want. Honestly, I let's say this though: it is very cool to even have a Wikipedia page. Like you're you you're of you're of enough relevance to have a Wikipedia page. That's an accomplishment in itself. Yes, and, that, and trust me, the day I got a Wikipedia page, it was a, a big time deal for me. That's uh, when you it, call mom. You're like, we yes, uh, my my mom doesn't even know what Wikipedia is now. She does, but back then, no. Uh, Maybe she's now, the one updating it. She's sabotaging you. My now my mom though has like Twitter like text alerts, so whenever there's like anything that anyone writes about me ever, it goes right to her phone, which is horrible because oh, no. like if there's any sort of wrestling thing that happens. Or like this past weekend, this past week, they said like, oh, Johnny's not going to be able to make takeover. And I got such a text from my mom. It's like, oh, my God, like what's wrong or something bad? Like, oh, my God. And I'm like, mom, no, just watch the show. Like, <laughs> just watch the show. <laughs> I'll, I'll, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry, Ma. No, well, I, if, if Mama Gargano is watching, hello. Thank yep. you for tuning in. She might probably. be. I, I, I would not be shocked. Honestly, if she figured out how to watch this, if she figured out how to do it, obviously I have to do all the internet stuff, like set up Roku and everything like that on her TV. But if she figured out how to watch this on her phone right now, hi mom, how are you? <laughs> we love to see it. We love to see it. So we're gonna we're gonna interview Johnny in just a bit, but first we want to get through the big uh, the big MCU news of the week. And I want to start with the Tom Holland stuff, uh, which is Tom Holland now is he's doing press for Cherry, which I think I'm gonna watch this weekend. I've heard a lot about it. I, you know, I'm very curious about this movie. It comes out later this month. So him and Joe Russo are doing press for it without their pants on, literally. Uh, they're just doing it at home uh, and sharing photos of that. So, you know, it is what it is. But he keeps saying Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are not in Spider-Man 3. Like, literally, do any of you believe him at no. this point? Come on. No. He's lying. No. Yeah. I Look, I love Tom Holland, but yeah, I mean, I don't think that's that's real. And, good, and good, kudos for him. You know, good for him. You know, as a professional wrestler, I'm all about keeping secrets. I'm all about, you know, not pulling back the curtain too much. So kudos to him. I give him all the credit in the world. Yeah. But yeah. I hope he's lying. I mean, I, I hope he's lying. I really want him to be lying. And, you know, because we all want to see Tobey Maguire. And Who's your favorite Spider-Man? <sighs> see, this is going to – this is a – I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I feel like it is Tobey Maguire just because like Tom Holland. Yes. Tom Holland probably is my favorite Spider-Man currently, but if I'm going for nostalgia purposes for me, I guess I'm yeah. in that age bracket where Tobey Maguire was like the Spider-Man. Like, so for some reason, like, like that hero song by Nickelback and things like that. Just always <laughs> <popping Yes. ahead. laughs> I, I feel like the only other nostalgia play could be like the Japanese Spider-Man. And that would be such a, such a niche uh, response. But Toby, Toby was like kind of the defining Spider-Man for, for all of us, I think uh, at least. Uh, but Tom, I'm, I'm with you. Tom is my favorite. Connor, who's your favorite Spider-Man? Oh, uh, it, you know what? I've gone back and forth at this point. It's Tom. Um, but I, I'm Johnny. I'm with you. Like the, from the nostalgia point of view, like you got to go with Toby. I haven't heard anybody try to argue for Andrew Garfield. Though. No, <laughs> <laughs> poor guy. Andrew had Andrew had the same problem Ben Affleck had. I think they were fantastic as their respective superheroes, but their movies that got released in theaters yeah. were not that fantastic. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we're gonna listen. We all know it's coming. I think, but I, I respect them trying to preserve the spoiler. I think if the Evan Peters secret was kept better, last week's moment would have been even bigger. Mm -hmm. So. I respect that. Uh, next, Keanu Reeves is apparently offered the role of Craven the Hunter. I can tell you right now, he passed. This is old news. It's just for some reason becoming news now. I, I think that would be a waste of Keanu Reeves in, the, in, in a Marvel film. 
you don't make him Craven. Jamie, Jamie has Jamie has some thoughts. I disagree. Um, not even not even specifically Craven, just franchise wise. Uh, uh, we can we can put Keanu Keanu. There's Keanu is like the the get all. Like there's no one we mm-hmm. want more than Keanu Reeves, and uh, and so I think that he yeah he deserves hold out, buddy. Wait wait for the big one. That's what I have to say about that. He's not the only. I, I heard there was another a major Star Wars actor that also got offered this Craven role and also passed on it. Uh, who I guess would be Harrison the only Ford. Star Wars- <laughs> the only Star Wars actor who would also look anything like Keanu Reeves, but even though they don't really, I'll just say that. But I don't know. I, I, I Craven the Hunter. I feel like nobody's tremendously excited for that movie. But then you have the Morbius trailer. Nobody was tremendously excited for that. You throw Michael Keaton in it, and suddenly everybody's like, "Wow, I got to see Morbius!" So. Keanu, I think, was a bad pick for Craven, just because you need someone like that to be more boisterous. And John and Keanu is very like he's subdued. You watch him in John Wick; the guy says ten words throughout the entire movie, but we love him for it. Uh, but going thinking of John Wick, I'm like, you know what? Who would be great for Craven? Lawrence Fishburne. He doesn't look like him from the comics, but you want to talk about a guy that can just go off when he wants to? That's your guy. I could say uh, Lawrence Fishburne's a hell of an actor, but he's already in the MCU. Mm. Already there. He's Bill Foster. Uh, next up, Chris Hemsworth. Apparently bigger than ever for Thor 4. I don't know how that's possible. This dude's already gigantic. I respect the hell out of how good a shape Chris Hemsworth got. I'm a big fan of the superhero body. Like I believe that if you're play if you're cast in one of these roles, it's not it shouldn't be outside the realm of work to have to work out to get in superhero shape because part of this is that superheroes are that kind of unattainable thing like they're they're these inspirational things maybe not unattainable because clearly these people do it but uh they're these inspirational larger than life physiques and that's part of the comic artistry that's part and i love when the people go above and beyond to do that i had a ton of respect when chris pratt got in hella shape for star lord uh chris chris hemsworth johnny what I, i would love to hear your perspective on this because of all four of us you know, I think one of us is clearly a cut above the rest in terms of fitness. <laughs> so, uh, so what do you think? When the, what, these cycles that these actors go through to get mm-hmm. into this shape, I mean, whether it's Josh Brolin in his 40s for Cable or yeah. Hemsworth, who's been doing it for a decade now, how how much of a toll does that take on people's bodies? And is, is it possible to continue improving? Yeah, so it's not just a physical toll. It's also a mental toll. I know for me, I'm, I was a fat kid growing up. So like my dad owns an uh, Italian restaurant. So I ate pizza and cheese ravioli every single day. And I love my life. Uh, so now as a, a grown up man, like I still have that fat kid gene. So if I eat anything that's kind of outside the realm of, you know, what a diet is, like if I eat like a regular pizza, then I'm, I'm going to gain like five pounds just because I have that in me. So it's not just a mental and that's just a physical thing, but it's also a mental thing where you kind of have to just accept that you're going to suffer <laughs> for however long it takes for this process. Luckily, uh, they're in the position where they can hire some of the best coaches and, and best nutritionists in the world that are going to get them where they need to go. Uh, but and then luckily for them, too, there's also an end date. So it's like, OK, I need to look like this by this time uh, for me and what I do. What sucks is I kind of have to look good 
Wow, forever. <laughs> Dude, keeping that up year round. Like, if I ever get in that kind of shape, I'm doing it for like one Instagram post to prove that I had abs at one point in my life, and then I'm back on the pizza and whatever. Like, the fact that you're able to keep that up year round for this, like, props to you, brother. Huh. And thank and, you. Yeah. They're, they're, and in a pandemic, and, it's harder. Very, very, very. I'm just ripping it on the Peloton every day now. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, fully, I, I yeah. might even get one of those and just start watching these WandaVision episodes while riding the bike That's just smart. so I can you know, stay active. I work out watching WandaVision because it's exactly the, the same length as my little videos I do. So that's uh, it helps it go. helps me get through it. There you go. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, yeah, I'm a huge. I'm I, the fact that Hems. We saw the set photos. So you know, I try not to look at that stuff, but it's inevitable. He looks huge in this movie. It's not what it sounds like. What the stunt man is saying makes sense. Uh, and they're all. I mean, uh, I don't know if this is. I also read that he might be playing Hulk Hogan eventually as well. I don't know if that's real yes, or not. That's true. So I mean, in that sense as well, I'm sure he needed to get even bigger for that role. So, I mean, you just, I guess, you kill two birds with one stone. You're going to do two movies. Yeah. You might as well get huge ball. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, the last the last bit of news I want to talk about is uh, a little almost a week ago now, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier trailer dropped. And I thought that trailer was awesome. Yeah. It didn't really reveal too much about the show, uh, it, it, about what the kind of mission they're on. But a couple of th- the, the big reveal, I think, is the fact that we're getting Madripoor. Like we saw Madripoor, which brings in the X-Men ties, I mean, specifically, we could see some Wolverine nods from Madripoor. Uh, it also looks like Sharon Carter is hanging out in Madripoor. And one of the things about Madripoor is that they don't extradite criminals. So I'm thinking Sharon Carter's hiding out in Madripoor because she's wanted. You know what I mean? She's She broke the Sokovia Accords. I think she's going to be mm-hmm. kind of the informant who got to know the streets of Madripoor and is going to be helping them. But what, does anybody have any idea what kind of mission they're on? Because I genuinely don't really know what's going on. No idea. No, we're all shaking our but head. I'm no. Excited. <laughs> Everybody says no. Everybody says no. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. Uh, the song was the song choice. Migos. The what was the song called? I forget what the song was called, but it was a Migos song. Is you ready? Uh, it was the name of the song. It was a remix of that, which was a song in Mile 22 and Call of Duty, and they used that perfectly. And I also saw online that uh, people are thinking. I don't know if this turns out to be true. Everybody has their theories and thoughts, and that's why we have this show. But people thought that the Baron Zemo mask and his anti-superhero nature is a nod to Thanos. Like it's him honoring Thanos who tried to wipe oh. out the heroes, which obviously oh, in comics, fun. that's not the case, but a nice, that could be a yeah, cool thing. Fun. To, I like that one. I like that one. And uh, yeah, that's, I feel like there's, there was really not much to, to analyze in that other than it was just like, I think Sharon Carter is going to be an integral part of their info sources. And that I like that purple mask theory. I feel oh like God, Marvel does a great job. I feel like Marvel does a great job in like just giving you little tidbits here and there. Like when WandaVision first got announced and like the trailers were out for that, like I had no idea what to expect from that show. And I definitely didn't expect this, what we got currently. I had no idea. So like I think they do a great job just giving you little tidbits because I hate I, I think we all hate when the trailer comes out and it gives away basically everything you want to see in the movie. Mm-hmm. So or yep. TV show for that matter. But I think they do a great job of that. All right. Now, before we get into our WandaVision spoiler section, Johnny, I do want to ask you a few questions since uh, it's fun to pick your brain and talk to our guests who love this stuff just as much as we do. I, I love your, where did your kind of your love of Marvel and Star Wars and then, I mean, all the, the, your ring gear, all this stuff is inspired by this, this interest of yours. Where did that kind of spawn from? 
Oh, I well, I, like I said earlier, I was a a fat, chubby kid growing up, so I was very much so a nerd. Uh, I, I just loved cartoons. I loved comic books. I'm a huge fan. I was a huge fan of, and I still am to this day, of Spider-Man the Animated Series. That for me, I was just loved that growing up. I was very drawn to superheroes and larger than life characters. And I think that's why I got involved in professional wrestling. Because like when I saw wrestling, it was like these guys in these crazy costumes flying all over the ring and doing these crazy acrobatic stuff. And like they were basically real life superheroes. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I can't be Spider-Man in real life because I think that's not a real job profession I can do and make a living at that. But I can't put on spandex to be a professional wrestler. So I feel like that kind of uh, that, that whole thing kind of came together for me there. And I, I always see this all the time. I think like wrestling and comics are kind of one and the same. It's kind of the same little world there. I feel like we have the same fan bases just in different ways. They're all very passionate, very hardcore. And the stories we tell are kind of similar in a way to certain comic books and certain superheroes, origin stories and whatnot. So uh, yeah, I feel like those two worlds just go together really well. How long until we see you uh, cook up some Quicksilver ring attire after after that character? Just oh, I don't know. I, 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 I put a lot of thought into my ring gear, especially like during my, my run a little bit ago where I was like uh, the ultimate good guy. And I was going like for every big show, I would have like a certain uh, Marvel influence. I would put a lot of thought in the sense where like, okay, here's where my character is right now in this story. How does that mesh with a character from the Marvel world? Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I, when I was at my darkest, I was like Spider-Man mixed with like a bit of Venom or like I had like Dark Phoenix or like uh, when I had, it was my ultimate triumph, I had Iron Man. Like there's it, it a lot of little things here and there. Uh, anymore now, I kind of just do things that uh, tickle my fancy. So it could be coming sooner rather than later. Uh, yeah. A fan just drew me, uh, drew me and Candace online on Twitter. I saw they drew me special WandaVision gear, her as Wanda and me as Vision. Uh, that was really cool that I really liked. So I might be doing that eventually as well. We'll see. I, I want to see the all-out face paint, Jeff Hardy. But <laughs> for Vision. That takes so long. I can't it's so messy. Oh, my God. You sweat in that? Forget it. Uh, dude, it, it has been – like your rise has been like epic in, in the wrestling world. And, I mean, your match this Sunday, Triple H calls it a dream match. Like that – I feel like what is it like to have a guy like Triple H who, you know, he's an icon in the history. He's a he's a he's a Mount Rushmore guy that is in that conversation to have him kind of to to talk that highly of you and your and your work. Like, what does that mean to you? It's literally a dream come true. Like, I grew up watching these guys, grew up idolizing these guys. Uh, Shawn Michaels is my favorite wrestler of all time. I'm, I'm very open about that as much as I possibly can be. And now to get to work side by side with Triple H and Shawn Michaels and have them appreciate my work and say great things about my work and just uh, be able to kind of pick their brain and go off uh, the rails with them and come up with goofy, quacky ideas. It's just it's, it's literally a dream come true. Uh, I never would have thought that I'd be able to do this today. And to go back and tell little chubby eight-year-old me that's eating cheese ravioli that, hey, one day you're going to be working with DX and be coming up with fun skits and things like that, it's it's pretty cool. Dude, that's unbelievable. I mean, I'm happy for you, man. You deserve it. You've worked your ass off. And and my last question for you right now, uh, which Avenger do you think would be the most most fun Avenger to have a match with? Who? Okay, not the Hulk. Sir, I, I, feel like not, 
I feel like, like I heard his answer earlier and like, I feel like you always want to pick, like you don't want to get involved with the Hulk no matter what. Like just, just leave him out of it. Yeah, leave him out of that. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Captain America. Well, I, I feel like he's a very technical match. He's very wholesome. He's going to play it right down by the book. He's not going to cheat. He's not going to do any dirty business. No shenanigans. Uh, he's also really strong, though. So, I mean, I, I but I will. So, I'll, I'll go Captain America. That, that would essentially be Good like. clean match. Good clean yeah, match. That, that would essentially, I think that'd be equal to almost uh, fighting Kurt Angle. You know what I mean? Yes, definitely. Yeah, yes, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Just like that. And Kurt Angle's one of my favorites. So, we got yeah. it. But Steve has a little bit more of a neck because Kurt's traps <laughs> are just gigantic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so listen, everybody, when we come back, we're going to talk about WandaVision, full spoilers, episode six. If you haven't watched it, this is your chance. Go watch it. And then you, you're required now to finish the phase here at podcast. So you have to come back. Um, we're going to talk about it in just a minute. And if you want to watch Johnny's big match this weekend, he's defending his title, uh, NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. Uh, it'll stream live Sunday night, 7 p.m. on the WWE Network. So make sure you're checking that out. Uh, and we'll be right back with WandaVision spoilers. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You are listening to the Phase Zero podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Davis, joined by Jamie Jurak, our first time comicbook.com staff member, Connor Casey. He's well, he covers all our wrestling stuff, does a hell of a job. We're happy to have him. And our special guest this week is Johnny Gargano. Because of course, look at this pairing. We have our WWE guy and we got a WWE superstar. So this just makes so much sense. We love it on the Phase Zero podcast. We're talking WandaVision episode six spoilers now. We're gonna start with our reactions to the episode. I love this episode. I I think it did not top episode five for me, but I thought it was a fantastic episode. And I think maybe I'm just salty because right when I was just, oh, I wanted so much more, it ended. And I was just, I was just, I was like, oh, here we go. Credits. It said, please stand by. And I was like, please tell me this is not the end of the episode. <laughs> fantastic episode. We're going to dissect it. Jamie, what did you think? Oh, what a great episode. I agree. I think I preferred last week, um, but only because that that's more from a sitcom perspective. I, I just liked the family ties angle. Um, but the Halloween thing was so exciting. One, because Halloween was such an iconic thing in 90s sitcoms. And so it was so fun to see them do it. But also in the comics, in the in the Vision and the Scarlet, in the, which it's, um, I mean, there's, there's like a pretty iconic um, Halloween issue and so that was cool but i mean also just evan peters what a delight uh watching him get in that classic quicksilver outfit watching him do that kind of iconic sitcom uh bro coming up to to shake things up uh it was just such a fun thing but obviously it all comes down to the ending uh they she's expanding and now she's sucking some of her people in we're gonna get to see darcy in there you guys that's i'm so excited what if Darcy is just wearing the costume from Two Broke Girls in there? 
about that, and I, I wouldn't be surprised. I actually, I'm kind of mad because in Captain Marvel, Monica references um, Fresh Prince. I would like to see Monica in some like Fresh Prince looks. Um, so maybe next week they'll still be in the '90s. I just don't want them to leave the '90s. I did love the '90s of it all. I felt like we were we were kind of between the '90s and the early 2000s in this episode. Which, but, hey, that's that's my prime as a child. Okay, so I love it. Mm-hmm. Connor, what did you think of this episode? Uh, I'm with you in that I think uh, last week's was better. I nothing for me yet has topped the argument between Wanda and Vision from last week. I I rewatched that scene like five times. Like that was so great. And with this week between Quicksilver and getting more with Agnes, I'm like, okay, guys, just you got to start giving us some answers as to what's going on here. As soon as Vision saw Agnes, I'm like, oh, great. She's going to mess with him for five minutes and we're not going to learn anything. Uh, but I loved Evan Peters, you know, him playing the, the uncle that I don't care what's going on, but I'm going to screw with y'all. That was fun. Um, the whole thing with the 90s, though, was every like little detail I was looking at going, okay, are we in the 90s? Or have we already hit the 2000s? Because there's an Incredibles poster back there. And we're doing the Malcolm in the Middle thing. That was the 2000s. What time is it? Like, I, I kept wondering that. I it's think that's been yeah. common. Um, because it, last week was 80s, but there were still some 90s influences. And it was the same yeah. with the 50s episode. Because the 50s was had a lot of Dick Van Dyke. And that was the 60s. So I think that it's been common where they're hitting kind of that half and half. Which is, you know, sitcoms last for a long time. Um, yeah. They run a while. So I think that is, it, we've, we've been seeing that. That kind of shift between decades. Yep, yep. I, I think it's also kind of to show us that time is not moving there the same way it is in the real world. It's kind of a little blurry. I think time is going to be a big factor. There's the infinity stones of it all. And that's actually a theory we're going to talk about in just a second. But Johnny, let's I want to hear what you thought of the episode as well. Yeah. So speaking of theories, like I have a Friday ritual now. I wake up every morning. I try to not look at my phone. Uh, just because I know, like, as soon as I look at my phone, like, there, something is going to be trending. Last week, I made the mistake of looking at my phone and saw Full House trending. And I was like, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I have seen Evan Peters trending. That would have been even worse. I didn't see that trending. I was too early for that. Yeah. Uh, so every morning I wake up, I make breakfast, I watch WandaVision before I get spoiled, and then immediately I go on Reddit and look at every single theory imaginable. Uh, that has been my, my every Friday tradition for the past however many weeks now we're in. Uh, but yes, this episode was amazing uh, to follow up on everything you guys already said. Evan Peters, what a gem. What a gem that guy is. And the, he played his role absolutely perfectly, especially like in the little Malcolm in the middle tie-in sort of thing going on there. It's just, it, it was perfect. And like you said, like I am a huge fan of Halloween episodes. Uh, Halloween episodes on sitcoms are some of my absolute favorite things. So to be able to kind of have this uh kind of tie in there it's just it was it was also perfect um i i'm not ranking episodes as they go like i said i luckily i'm on 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 the outside looking in i'm not like i don't have to dissect each episode i'm just taking it in as a fan so each episode is something new for me and i just want to say every single time that freaking please stand by pops up i'm like come on like it feels like the episodes are getting shorter now like was that Uh. like 10 minutes was that a 10 minute episode what the oh, heck's man. going on? <laughs> it's, yeah, today's felt so quick. And like last week's was the longest. It, it, with credits, it was 42 minutes. I don't know how long. They, I think the credits are pretty long. So it was probably 30-something. Okay. But the, it did the fake out last week with the credits. And then they had the best scene of the whole show, which Connor talked about, was them two arguing and the, just the acting, the writing yeah. of that. But it is it, it is interesting to see these conversations, like what, what you're saying about 
uh, how Vision is going to go talk to Agnes and we're not going to learn anything. I thought I felt like when when Wanda was talking to Pietro, I was like, ah, this is going to be like Lost where they kind of beat around the answers and they don't have a real conversation where people just ask things, but they actually asked each other very important questions. Where's your accent? Well, what about your accent? Uh, you know, how, you I love that. I love that. By the way, yeah. I'm just a huge one of my favorite shows of all time is Community. So I love the meta of it. Yes. Just the yes. kind of the, the, the real yeah. life understanding. It's just it's I don't know. It's that's some yeah. of my favorite things that shows do. The show is like just the right amount of self-aware and meta, but to to not break that fourth wall in like a Deadpool kind of sense mm-hmm. and admit that it's a show. It's very, that, that's really fun. So uh, more spoilers coming. If you're listening to us on Twitch, make sure you hit that follow button. Make sure you subscribe to the channel because we do this every Friday live at noon. And we, we are we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those places. So please subscribe. Uh, we're going to keep talking right now about WandaVision episode six. On phase zero, episode five, it will forever annoy me that we are one episode on. <laughs> we should have started a week earlier, so we'll all be perfect. I do have a theory. There, there's a theory going around, and I don't know if you guys have seen this. The theory is that the Infinity Stones are kind of creeping their way back into the MCU, and the commercials are the representative of that. So, so in more detail... The toaster commercial is supposedly the Mind Stone because there was one little color. It was a red light on the mi- on the toaster, which is reflective of the light in Vision's head. Uh, and then there was the Lagos commercial, which is about make- fixing or changing or erasing a mess that you made, which people are saying is the Reality Stone, which of course referenced Civil War, both Wanda throwing crossbones into the building and getting people killed, but also Vision accidentally shooting War Machine out of the sky because it said, and husbands can use it too. It was like, Vision's not safe from our savagery. The Strucker Watch, uh, that's obviously a reference to Wolfgang von Strucker, but also the Time Stone, the the Hydra Soak. If you actually look at the end of the commercial where that thing is sitting in the tub, it is a cube. It is the Tesseract, which would make it. And it also talks about getting away to a place wherever you want, which would be the Space Stone, because we know you can use that to, to, to teleport. And today we had that yogurt commercial, which was the strangest commercial so far. Although I loved the claymation of it, because that was my, that was Nickelodeon commercials. That transported me. I was a kid again watching yeah. that commercial. Uh-huh. I, 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 that was insane. Of all the commercials, like, the you know, you grow up watching TV that's older than you, but you don't grow up watching commercials that are older than you. And so yeah. we finally got to, like, our generation of commercial, and it was... Uh, Awesome. Yes, that took me back. And so I think that that would like, that's like kind of a deal with the devil where like you're like, we actually have a Kofi actually, Kofi Outlaw, our comic book nation host, wrote an article on the site where he detailed it, but it's like deal, like an exchange where you're kind of willing to almost give your life for something or give your soul for something, which, so that would make it the soul stone. What a missed opportunity to have a skydiving commercial. For the for the soul stone, <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. uh, yeah. best in the West of you for your soul. I mean, if how do you miss that opportunity, Jack Schaefer? It would be an episode without Brandon bringing up them dying <laughs> off that cliff. Did you see Tony Stark in this uh, episode? There was a kid dressed up as a skeleton. So listen, oh, there, you're there the was, worst. Uh, wow. There was, uh, but this this is this is a theory that I like that the Infinity Stones are coming into play. And I also saw somebody posted a video on Twitter. They sent it to me. I wish I remembered their at. I feel like I'm betraying them by not crediting them. Uh, but they sent a, a kind of a clip from today's episode where when, when everybody froze as Wanda was getting set to expand the hex. She did like a very Doctor Strange motion and the sound was similar to when Doctor Strange uses the time stone, which I don't think, I think maybe we're reaching on this, but I think that this is all kind of just implying that the Infinity Stones and their ability to manipulate reality and create whatever the beholder wishes is being that same sort of energy, that same sort of thing that created the universe in the MCU 
is what's happening. It's somehow tied to what's happening. I don't think they're physically going to be brought back into existence, but maybe they will. Does anybody buy this or firmly deny this? I think that the the whole aspect of this, the hex, the creating the new reality, it's been about Wanda's grief and what moment for her is more worth grieving over than watching this big purple guy with all these stones <laughs> in his hand rip your husband's skull out. Like, I feel like that's where the connection keeps coming in because we keep looking at these commercials and going, okay, the Lagos paper towels is about her big accident. Strucker is about how she got her powers. Like they're all connecting to different aspects of her life. So I think the fact that we're seeing some connection to the most traumatic experience in her life, that fits. But I don't think that the stones are magically going to come back or that we're going to see the gauntlet. I also love the fact that now they're kind of just thinking like, oh, how many times can we make people watch Vision die in different ways? <laughs> yeah, like, like Quicksilver said, like, Quicksilver said, it's not like your dead husband can die twice. It was like, well, if well, you watch he, one movie, he already did. So yeah. I think that was intentional, though. Like, they think that was fully an intentional reference. So Vision, I think that we've kind of learned that he's, I don't think he's going to survive past no, the show definitely uh, I, I think this really confirmed it I, I i liked jim's theory last week that he's just like new fresh vision but the fact that he couldn't leave the barrier uh, uh, my hopes are not high that we're getting no. paul bendy again after this i do I feel think- like you might get certain closure though there might mm-hmm. be like that closure moment with him and wanda at the end where like he kind of needs that you're gonna cry like i think we're gonna cry i mean we all gotta <laughs> accept that it's gonna happen oh, yeah uh, to where he's kind of going to tell her that you kind of got to let her let him go because it feels like he cannot survive outside the hex. Obviously, is what that was showing us today. So I don't think the hex is going to last forever. I, I don't know. I just, it seems like there's a moment there for closure potentially. Unless she gives him like not. an Olaf kind of cloud. I'd be good. I I wouldn't be shocked if they find a way to at least kind of make a new vision. Uh, maybe a fresh start vision, kind of like the what they like, how like go back to Vision's origin story of so, having kind so of Wonder look, Man's consciousness. So, if you Something look like that. that, a theory I saw is if you look at the, the computer, the code name Cataract came up. Mm-hmm. And what does Cataract cause? Double vision. That's right. That's right. So, there's mm-hmm. a theory that vision was potentially cloned. So there's another vision going around. There's also a theory that they're trying to use vision to create sentinels. There's all these theories going around. Yeah, <laughs> a lot yeah. Of but yeah, I like the theory. I was going to bring that up. So I, I look at Johnny showing the showing the the theory Reddit skills. Yeah. The Reddit skills. <laughs> You're officially a Phase Zero podcaster, Connor. What were you going to say? Um, I I think the whole double vision thing fits because Sword is so obsessed with retrieving him because they had him. She broke him out. But and when they were like, "Oh, hey, he found a way to look inside the hex." She what? They weren't looking for Wanda. They were looking specifically for him. So that idea that they're trying to either remake him or make a different version of him that fits. I, yes, I fully agree. I fully agree with that. I do think that the, I thought it was very interesting. The Halloween costumes all seemed like very indicative of. Uh, I don't. I, I hope that they're more than just references because obviously she said she's a Sokovian. Uh, Psychic fortune teller, fortune teller. Uh, and he was a Mexican wrestler. Uh, and Billy and Tommy had costumes at least reflective of Wicked and Speed. Quicksilver's costume was a, 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 the best. I mean, I want to see a real, not kind of party city Quicksilver costume. 
But it's very cool. But the thing about that that makes it interesting is you take those and how accurate they are to what we know about the characters from comics and who we expect them to become. You look at Agnes, who we think might be Agatha Harkness, and she was a witch. You look at Herbert, or Herb, the neighbor, who was Frankenstein. So it's very interesting. You think about those kind of things. You know, are they all important, or are they? Are we just looking too deep at this point? I I feel like Agnes. Um, there's been so many clues. Um, uh to her being um, Agatha, but I was really surprised by the car scene and how much she didn't, it, it seems like she doesn't know what's going on. I mean, people have suspected her as being behind stuff. Um, and many people thought that she's the one who brought Pietro back, but based on that car scene, I don't think she's as, in, unless she's really playing us all, which, you know, who knows? Um, yeah. uh, I, but, but the witch costume just makes it come on. It's it feels pretty like I, she has I think to be Agatha Harkness. She has to. She has to be. I do want to give a shout out to Jimmy Woo. I loved when like Hayward. I thought it was cool to see kind of a reasoning for why Hayward is such a dick. Like I thought it was cool for him to kind of say, "You guys weren't here for the five years. You can't relate to what we went through." And it was like, okay, I don't support him being a dick, but I I, I finally understand kind of why he is the way he is, which I think to understand a villain, like for a good villain, you have to understand them. So Mm -hmm. that certainly kind of humanized him in a way, but also made me like, I don't excuse your behavior. And so when he started being rude to Darcy and Monica, I love that Jimmy Woo straight up came to the plate, said, not up in here. Don't be diminishing your coworkers in a way that was just like so perfect. Like if you didn't love Jimmy Woo before, how do you not love him now? I just wanted to give a shout out to that because I love that moment. So uh, that, that's not, I, I, I know Jamie probably geeked over that. Oh, what a trio. The, like, I love their like Scooby-Doo moment where they, they get kicked out, but they very easily like get their disguise. And uh, uh, I could watch, uh, people keep talking about a spinoff and my gosh, I could watch the, them solve crimes all day. Give me Agents of Shor- Sword and then tie it in with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because it wouldn't be an episode if I didn't bring up Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Daisy Johnson when? come on (laughs) secret invasion i think uh yeah so i I also this all kind of furthers the house of m of it all Mm -hmm. and so the one of the the last things i want to talk about before we we all make one prediction to end the show uh is that we've uh, we've talked about this on the show we've talked about this on the site johnny i'm sure you've read this on reddit that the house of m comic Mm -hmm. ends with wanda erasing mutants from existence she takes the mutant gene away from almost all of the x-men this seems like there it is it is possible she is going to create mutants. Yep. Now, that would be a hell of a twist. We know the X-Men yeah. can appear in the MCU because Marvel or Disney bought Fox. They were like, give us the X-Men back here, 70 billion. So they got the X-Men back. Yeah. And I think that the expansion of the hex that we saw, mm-hmm. everybody in there. Because we saw Monica, who is certainly getting her powers in one way or another. She's going to be Spectrum. She's getting her power. She's going to be manipulating energy or transforming herself into energy. One way or the other, before this show was over, I have no doubt. And I think that's going to be awesome. But they they, they went back to her, her, her information that S.W.O.R.D. obtained and said she rewrote you on a molecular level. So maybe she changed her genes. Maybe she is rewriting people and making them mutants when they go into Westview. Which would also mean that Darcy now is going to be a mutant. This is my thing about that. I think that Monica is, I think you have to go through a certain amount of times 
And I, I do not think that Darcy is going to become a mutant. I mean, I'd be all for it. But I think that because she made a comment, like, you can't go back in there. It, it's going to be your third through. And I, I think that that might have an effect. Um, but but if our Darcy does get powers, I'm very pro that happening. <laughs> She's got computer hacker powers, like, to the, to a wild degree. But I just think I think I want I want to see the X Men come in. So I think maybe I'm just kind of wishful thinking on this, Johnny. Is it? And what, it I like. We grew up almost at a very similar time. We're very similar age. So I'm. Yeah. For me, the X Men movies were the movies that kind of introduced me to superheroes. Right at the same time, Spider Man was, and then yeah. the Dark Knight trilogy came along. You already had Batman and stuff. You had you know other superheroes. So are are, are the X Men a group that uh kind of has means a lot to you? Yes, I love I that Wolverine gear, dude. I yes. So I, I brought up. Spider-Man the animated series earlier, but there's also X-Men the animated series, which for me as a cartoon as a child is like a one right there for me. It's so good. Uh, and X-Men and Wolverine is one of my favorite superheroes of all time. So like you said, uh, the House of M theory, I am very much on board with that. I do believe that the mutants are coming one way or another. And I 100% can see the theory that the hex is going to create mutants in some way, shape, or form, which I am all about. Um, I, I would not be shocked to see Magneto show up at some point, obviously, towards the end of all this. Um, I, I, I would not be shocked at all that I happens. would lose my mind if Magneto shows up. That would be wild. It could be would... Ian or Michael, and I'll freak out. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. I have no preference. Yeah, um, yeah. It would be that would be epic. So, but I go back and forth on this because part of me thinks this is going to reverse engineer mutants into the MCU to have the opposite effect of House of M. But then I'm like, I think this is all just the first issue of House of M, and Spider-Man three and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness are going to be the rest of House of M, where she alters all of reality, like we're seeing. Like you saw it expand today in a way that she just made reality this more happy place where people have the things they want and all this stuff but they're under this mind control, which is not a house of M element. It's not like this painful thing. So yeah, but it's, it's, it's it, I don't know. There's so many references to those things. We had the kick-ass reference today. Mm -hmm. You had Evan yeah, Peter, great. Playing, you know, a previous Aaron Taylor Johnson character. They know what they're doing. They're, these details are not an accident, hmm. you know? So, okay. So my last thing, I want everybody to weigh in on this. This is twice now that we have had hype for the, the aerospace engineer that is <laughs> Monica's. We know it's a he now. We know it's a guy. Mm -hmm. She said, we know the, the, the gender today was a, a male character. If Reed Richards walks in, if here's the thing. Here, you, you can have an established character. I want to hear everybody's guess for who it is. But the only character you can introduce without saying their name first and we'll all know who it is, is if John Krasinski steps into the frame. We all know. He's the only person we don't know that is cast in a role that if he steps into the shot, we know who it is. If Reed Richards, if John Krasinski shows up as Reed Richards in episode seven, I do cartwheels off my balcony. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, that, that to me is kind of the best case scenario. The long shot, the Vegas odds are not in favor of that theory. So uh, who does that? Johnny, let me start with you. Who do you think? Do you have any guesses for who who Monica's aerospace engineer is. I mean, you said it right there. I think like, I, I wanted to be rebritched so much that I just, I can't think of any other theory that comes into my head. So I, I, I and we know the fantastic four is coming. We know they're coming at some point. So 
Why not? Just pull the trigger. Just do it now. Just give it to us now. And then but you get I, I, you get read in a free Mr. Fantastic form for yes. a while, you know? Yes. So that that change will be a big moment. Uh, Jamie, who do you think? If if not Reed Richards, do you have anybody else you think it could be? I'm gonna be honest. It's it's um I, for this one, I'm just kind of along for the ride. I do not have a specific guess. I know I know Rhodey's been mentioned, and and if Don Cheadle's gonna get in my face, I'm happy about it. So um <laughs> like yes, please. But in terms of who I I don't have anyone that I'm like I. I'm going to be right about this, you guys. Uh, I'm not sure, which is exciting. Um, I like when I have no idea. Uh, I like to be surprised. Yeah. Uh, Connor, you have any guesses? Uh, I'm going to go with Rhodey. I, I don't, th- I, I would love for it to be Reed Richards. I just don't think they're ready to pull that trigger just yet. And I went back and watched last week's episode before today's, and she was describing all these things that you would need in order to actually get through the barrier and you need it on wheels. And I go, well, you might not need it on wheels, but you might have it in a suit. So what if he what if he just flies right in wearing the war machine suit and tries to fix things? That that's my guess. I think but, she would just turn him into a kite. <laughs> like I think he would just go through and come through on the other side. Somebody would have a string. He'd just be like a kite flying through. Because I don't know, it's tough. But I, the, based on what we saw in trailers. It seems like maybe the ant family could be involved because that vehicle that's going through looks like it could be similar to the quantum, I, the quantum realm car thing. But I don't know. It's, I, it's definitely someone big. I, it's it definitely has, someone that mm-hmm. we that we're going to be excited about because they planted their flag enough with it to where if it's not and it's just a throwaway, then I think everyone's going to be disappointed. Yeah, but I think they're purposely doing this because someone is coming, whoever that may be. I think someone that we're all going to be like, yeah, sweet. So. Uh, there also be- Jane Foster. That would be interesting, but it's a guy. We know it's a guy. So mm-hmm. I know. I would also be people, uh, Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say some people in the comments are saying Fitz, which you know I love. Uh, but I do not think we're getting Fitz. One, because I don't think the Agents of Shield can I don't I think if we're gonna get an Agents of Shield connection, we gotta build a little like Daisy and then trickle down. But also let Fitz stay in retirement, guys. Let him <laughs> let he had a rough year few years with shield let him be with his baby and his wife and let's not get him involved in any more drama jim viscardi trying to win everybody over in the comment section as if he watched agents of shield oh my god what if it's this jim we don't trust you red shirt guy this is why connor is on the show today just kidding send some love to, send some love to at jim viscardi on twitter i'm sure he's he's bummed to be sitting this one out but we appreciate him uh so listen that's today's show i do have news next week we will not only have an exclusive interview with Monica Rambeau herself, Tiana Paris, which will be recorded before I watch Friday's episode. So that kind of kills me, but we will have her on the show in, in, a, in a pre-recorded interview. And the director of Disney Plus's Flora and Ulysses movie is joining us, Lena Khan, huge Marvel fan. I've seen Flora and Ulysses. It's a super fun movie. It's about a squirrel that becomes a superhero. It's super cute. And I think people, I think you will be pleasantly surprised, even if you're not 12 years old. Uh, it's a fun little movie to watch uh, on Disney Plus. And so Lena Khan, director of that, is joining us live on Phase Zero next week. So very excited about that. That is our show today. And listen, you've already watched WandaVision. There's something else you got to watch this week, and that is the big, the big NXT show. Vengeance is coming. Johnny, yeah. listen, you got a big weekend, man. I do. Vengeance Day. Any last words before you before you head into the ring? Well, I'm feeling good today. Uh, got my WandaVision fix in. Got all my theories out the way. So uh, this Sunday, TakeOver Vengeance Day, me and Kushida, NXT North American Championship. Triple H called it a dream match. It's something that I'm very much so looking forward to. It's going to be absolutely great. 
Uh, I'm going to successfully defend my, defend my title. And then next Friday, I'll watch another episode of WandaVision and talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we love it, man. Well, I wish you the best of luck this weekend. I think you're going to, I don't know, Kushida might be in for a rude awakening. We'll see. Yeah. And uh, listen, so Jamie, thank you so much for joining us. You can follow Jamie Jurak at Jamie Cinematics. You can follow Connor Casey at Connor Casey underscore CB. You can find him all over the wrestling section of the site. If you're watching NXT take over this Sunday night, you're going to find so much coverage on the wrestling portion of comicbook.com. I highly recommend all the wrestling fans go follow Connor and uh, best of luck to our, our, our new phase zero buddy, Johnny Gargano, dude. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. No, thanks guys. Anytime you guys need me, trust me. I, I love to talk about any of this. So anytime you guys need me, I'm here for you. Be careful what you wish for. We got a lot of Marvel content this year. <laughs> uh, and everybody, if you, want to, if you want to find me, hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at Brandon Davis BD. And I'll be talking about all the Marvel stuff on the site all weekend long. So you can go over to comicbook.com slash Marvel for more updates. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, please. Thank you so much. That's how we're able to do awesome stuff like having Johnny Gargano on the show and follow our Twitch channel and all that fun stuff. Love you 3,000.